The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week is someone I love having on this show. She's always excellent. She's a blogger, music publicist, and the CEO of Muddy Paw PR, a boutique public relations agency that serves emerging artists. Her latest project is Thrive, an online community that provides indie artists with affordable year-round mentoring from music industry experts and much more. You can find out more about her work by visiting muddypawpr.com and angelamastrogiacomo.com slash thrive. Ladies and gentlemen, Angela Mastrogiacomo is on the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Angela. Hi, you make me feel like I'm coming out to a stage of thousands of people. Like that was the best <laughs> intro I think I've ever had. I've been told it's it can be a combination of like somebody introducing you at a conference, but with the energy of like being announced before you're walking into a boxing ring. It's that's exactly it. It's well, a total confidence booster, though. Like it, it's a really good thing. Well, you deserve every bit of that confidence boost because not only. Are you knowledgeable on all things music industry and PR? And you always have such great insight to share on your various platforms. But you also have this extra little thing that I just adore about everything you do, which is that you're a connoisseur on all things dessert. And I love asking (laughs) you about sweet treats. So let me throw this out to you before we start on the less important music industry matters. Let's talk about the more important topic of dessert. (laughs) I have been having a fight recently with a colleague of mine that's you know real jets in the sharks type stuff here about what is the best store-bought packaged dessert listeners if you don't know angela is an expert on all things dessert and so she's she's going to be the arbiter here i say the best store-bought packaged dessert is the entenmann's rich chocolate frosted donuts and i think it's not even close there's not even a second place anywhere near it but my colleague says i'm dead wrong and that hostess's ding dongs are the best (laughs) what say you Oh no, it's so hard. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you like, first of all, I actually do agree with you. There's something very nostalgic and just wholesome about those little frosted donuts. And you can dunk them in milk and they can soak up like a gallon of milk. Yeah, exactly. But I used to eat those ring things. Like I remember as a child, we always kept those things in the freezer and we would eat them. And that's why I have that memory with it too. They are better frozen. They're absolutely rubbish just straight out of the package. I didn't even, well, that that's an element of this I didn't consider. I have to try (laughs) these in the freezer. That might, but the thing about like store-bought donuts is, or or store-bought anything in terms of dessert is clearly if you're willing just to buy something pre-packaged from the store and not cook it, you're looking for dessert right now. If, well, yeah, if I have to wait overnight for like, dessert, I might you, as well just bake. <laughs> that takes too long. Although there is the there is the perk with baking that you sort of get to do the thing you're not supposed to, which is eat the dough and eat the frosting and sort Ooh. of you get to have many meals as you go, including <laughs> the finished product. <laughs> that's a very good. Yeah, maybe that's what rises to the top of list amongst all of this. Like, you know, maybe d- Ding Dongs and uh, Edmonds Rich Chocolate Frosted are, are second place, but above all of it is just licking uh, batter off the beaters. <laughs> Which 100%. is perhaps the best dessert ever made. Uh, excellent, excellent. Um, but now, well, now it's a less important music industry matters. Uh, <laughs> so whenever we move into a new year at Break the Business, Angela, we, we often have a few episodes where the listeners and I, we do a lot of 
uh, soul searching, a lot of taking inventory about lessons learned in the previous year. And I think that sort of stuff, that sort of discussion takes on a whole new meaning when we move into a whole new decade, which we've never done here at Break the Business. And so the timing was excellent when I'm scrolling through the internet and I come across an article on your blog about the five lessons that the last decade has taught you as you say hello to 2020. And so I wanted to ask you about the last decade and get an idea of the things you've learned over the last 10 years. And one of the things you wrote in the article about the lessons you learned is the value in committing to take action, if I may quote from you, if you want to see change this year, start doing and stop thinking. It doesn't matter what you do as long as it's something. And as soon as I started taking action and simply got myself into motion, things began to fall into place. I'd love for you to discuss this with our listeners some more. And to put it bluntly, Angela, what's so wrong with thinking? <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with thinking, like, but you do get quite paralyzed by it. There's something really addictive about it because you feel like you're doing something by simply researching it or thinking about it, but you're not actually doing the thing. So I have to enforce pretty strict time limits on my own research because I do get really sucked into the research phase. And I'm sure like you can relate that you, you certainly, you get to this point where nothing makes sense anymore. You've done so much <laughs> research that there's so much uh, contradicting advice at that point that you're worse off than before you started. And so for me, because I am such a research junkie and I love information and I love to think and just be inside my head all the time, it's very easy for me to get stuck doing only that and then to get paralyzed by that fear as well as sort of feed that feeling that I am doing something just by researching it. And so, you know, eventually like really what kicked off my, you know, changing my year from just feeling stuck and overwhelmed and, and actually starting to feel like I was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel was when I started just doing things. And it doesn't even have to be the right thing, you know, because it's easy to then get stuck in that, right? And then you're like, oh, well, it has to be like, how do I know which thing to do? Like, literally just do anything. Pick a thing that you're thinking about and do it. <laughs> because just by doing something, you're breaking that cycle and you're just getting, you're just getting into motion. It's, it's really, it's not easy, but it is really simple. So what are some of the ways that you feel like that really takes on a purpose with respect to what indie content creators do? So uh, I guess what we would say to them is like, don't, don't try to just spend all your time thinking about how I'm going to plan out my next music launcher or how I'm going to, you know, write this next song, but just dig in and get into it and you'll figure things out as you go. Yeah, exactly. It's a messy process. But I mean, for instance, your example, right, if you're thinking I need to plan this new release, it's easy to sit there and just think, how am I going to, you know, whatever, like, how am I going to have the money for this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? But if you sit down, go, okay, I'm going to just take two hours, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to do whatever research. And after that, I'm done. And I'm going to take another two hours, I'm going to plan it out. And then you just start doing whatever you need to do. So if on that list, it says something like, you know, I have to get in the studio, you start emailing studios, you start booking that time, like you'll figure out the rest of it, you'll figure out how you're going to pay for it, you're going to like figure out how you're going to take the time off, but you just have to do something. And then everything else will slowly start to fall into place. But it is very much a just figure it out as you go situation. Let me ask you this now, since this article was about the lessons you've learned over the decade. What is one piece of advice that 2020 Angela would tell 2010 Angela if she had the chance? Oh my God. Oh, I think, oh God, there's so many pieces of advice. It's so hard to narrow it down <laughs> to just one. I think ultimately I would just say something like, this is going to look so wildly different than what you thought. And it's going to be tough, 
but I promise you're going to be so much happier on the other end of it. Now go do the thing. That's what I would say. (laughs) Uh, I had a college professor who once told me, if you want to make God laugh, make plans. And, you know, in most of what most of us in when we work in the world, like what we think we're going to be doing 10 years from now looks very different. But and that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you failed. It just means that, you know, maybe your plan wasn't as good as what life had in store for you. And there's a lot of benefit in being nimble enough to adapt to changes as they happen and be willing to uh, take on whatever this new adventure is for you that you couldn't have possibly contemplated 10 years ago. It's so true. I mean, all the things I'm doing now, both in my personal and professional life, are so different than what I thought I wanted 10 years ago or even five years ago. And I, I think that also speaks to the idea of just doing things is because things are going to turn out different than you thought. And usually in a better way, you're usually going to find out through doing things that what you thought you liked, maybe you don't like so much. And the things that never even were on your radar are the things that absolutely light you up. And so the only way to sort of get to those discoveries is to just do them. And there's almost no point in spending too much time, you know, thinking about it because the faster you can just get into it and make those decisions, the faster you can see what you actually want and what's actually working. And you can try things quickly so that you can, as you said, adapt and adjust and you're not wasting years doing it. Well, that's something I can definitely uh, tell 2010 Ryan Carella, who was absolutely (laughs) positive back then that he wanted to become a constitutional law professor. And uh, you know, realized pretty quickly that you know what he'd be doing ten years from now couldn't be less related to constitutional law, but is uh, so much more in tune with what he actually wanted to do in life. And, See, and, that's <laughs> so crazy, but that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and great, great advice to impart to artists as well. And and I think it really makes sense for the music industry because think about what the music industry was 10 years ago in terms of how we made music, how we put music out there, that if you're basing, you know, if you're basing your future dreams 10 years from now on what the music industry looks like today, you're never going to really have what you think you want because the music industry is completely different now. Like none of us saw Spotify coming, never, none of us saw TikTok coming or any of the other platforms that artists are using now to create and promote and distribute their music. And so there's a value in being nimble and being uh, willing to accept change as it comes. I mean, I don't think there's any other way. It's tough because, you know, I'm extremely sensitive in terms of I have a lot of pride in what I do. And like, I want people to like it. And, you know, I very much want people to like me. And I think, I think artists are very similar. Most of the time, like we want people to like us, we want them to like our music. And I think it's really easy to get stuck and caught up in that instead of just being like, I'm just doing the thing. I'm putting my music out there. Like I'm just going for it. And it's okay if I mess up. Um, I think we're all, myself included, very afraid to mess up and mess up publicly. But I think if you can sort of wipe that away and, and realize that there's, you know, it sounds kind of silly, but like there is no messing up. Like nobody thinks you're messing up except you. You know, they're not <laughs> noticing those things that you see as these big slip ups. Oh, gosh, that's something I want to tell 2010 Ryan. Just like <laughs> Everything that you think is really terrible right now, it ain't that critical and nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. It's the, it's the most freeing thing you can remember is nobody cares as much as you think they do about that stuff. They just don't. They have their own stuff to worry about. So let, we, we, all right, so we talked about sort of the, the passing decade and the lessons we can learn from that. We talked about desserts. 
there's something else that uh, that I that you brought up with artists in the past that I told myself made a little bookmark. If I ever have Angela on again, I want to ask her about this, and that's the position that artists can be in if they are an introvert and how and what that means in terms of trying to move their careers forward in the music industry. We often think of people who promote themselves as creators as being extroverted people. You know, if you get your energy from crowds, if you like talking to a lot of people. It makes sense that you might be drawn to a field like indie music, but there are lots of folks in the indie music space that I've come across and who are not extroverted. And so what would you say to those people listening right now who think that they're at a disadvantage in promoting themselves and their music in the online space? I actually think that introverts have a huge advantage, and this is why. Because, I mean, I'm an introvert as well. So I think that we have these incredible strengths in that we can usually read people really well. We can usually read situations really well. We empathize in a, a really, like a really monumental way. You know, we can feel what that person is feeling. We can, we get them, we understand them. We know what they're going through. And not only that, but we want to help. Like we want to be there for them. I think all of that awareness that we kind of think sometimes is a burden, it's actually a huge strength because when you can identify and connect with your audience, your fan base that way. And you can let them in and see like, it's not just you. Like I get this. I, I'm the same way. I understand what you're going through. I have anxiety too, or this makes me nervous too. Or I also hate networking. It's those little things that we kind of see as our weakness that tend to actually bond us together and make those relationships and those connections so much stronger. I love that. And I, and perhaps that is one of the blessings of the music industry that we have now that's more online now and you know isn't as reliant on having to go and be in front of big crowds all the time is the playing field might be more level than it's ever been in terms of being accommodating to introverts and I love that. I want to talk but I'd be remiss Angela if we didn't talk about your latest initiative Thrive. So your goal with this project that you're launching was you wanted to take the indie music conference but make it year round, make it affordable and to set it up in a way that the indie artist doesn't have to leave their house to get access to great mentoring. That sounds pretty good for introverts, by the way. Uh, perhaps dream, that, perhaps right? that's why you put this together. Uh, can, you, can you tell us about more about this uh, initiative? Yeah, absolutely. So this is something that has been in my head for so long. And putting the pieces together to make it a reality has been incredible. Because like you said, you know, I, I've been in this industry for 10 years. And, you know, I... I noticed that there's not really anything like that out there. You know, we have conferences, which are amazing. And I love conferences and I love the energy and the opportunity to get in front of experts and like all the amazing things that conferences bring. But for most people, they're not, they're not really sustainable. Like you can maybe do them once every five years because they cost thousands of dollars between the badges and the flights and the hotels. And then on top of that, if you're an introvert, it's exhausting, right? You spend three days, just go, go, go nonstop. Um, and you leave and like, you feel so inspired while you're there, but then you leave and you don't know what to do with that. And so eventually you get back to work, you're back in the routine and that energy settles and you're left feeling sort of uninspired again. And you, you don't know what the next step is and all that support that you just had is gone. And so it, it's, it almost has the opposite effect in the end. And so on top of that, there's the affordability factor of, of most musicians not being able to really take their career to the next level because they don't have the funds to make it happen. And so I wanted to offer a solution to all of that. And that's where Thrive comes in 
where you could get that access to industry experts and you could have these step-by-step guides where somebody's telling you, this is exactly how you book a tour. This is exactly how you do a PR campaign, um, where you're getting that supportive community and you're not having to pay a fortune. You're not having to deplete your energy and feel drained and you're not losing that support so that you can feel empowered and excited and motivated all the time. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't have to be limited to spending tons of money and only getting three days out of it. Man, you, you're, I, I, you're speaking to me here. I feel seen, Angela. I, <laughs> cause every time I've done a conference, like when, I, whether it's being on a panel, whether it's giving a talk or just being there as an attendee or something like independent music awards or NAM or uh, DIY musician conference, I'll go to these conferences, have the time of my life, and inevitably, when every conference is over, I feel that post-conference letdown that you're talking about, where it's like, okay, the energy's gone, I don't know what to do next, I have all this information, I have all these business cards, but I, I, you know, I, 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 there's a hundred different paths I can go, I don't know what to do, help, help, and, and so you're, and, and I've also I've spent all this money, and so your conference is the cure for that because it, it's, it's, it's ongoing. You know, the conference never ends, the mentorship never ends, and you actually have money in your pocket throughout the year. What a cool idea. I, I, I often speak of what I call wheels on a suitcase ideas, where I'm walking through the airport, I see wheels on a suitcase, and I was like, you know, for the first time, and I was like, man, how did it take us so long to think of that? We were carrying luggage all these years. This is a wheels on a suitcase idea. It's just so obviously excellent. That, you know, it, it, it fixes a lot of the things that people have, the issues that people can have with conferences and really gives indie artists the ongoing year-round mentorship that they need. And and you built a really cool community for artists along the way. I, I dig this a lot. Tell artists, if you could, Angela, how they can get involved with this project. Yeah, well, first of all, I know you can't see me, but I'm grinning from ear to ear because that's Yay. the nicest thing. So thank you very, very much. Uh, so if you want to get involved, if you just go to angelamastrogiacomo.com slash thrive, all the details are there. It outlines everything you get inside of Thrive, um, including things that I didn't even mention. Like you'll also get a month of private one-on-one mentorship with me so we can strategize and we can work together um, and a whole bunch of other stuff, which is really, really cool, um, including like listening sessions with industry experts for your songs. It's just amazing. I'm going to stop because I'm like, I'm in super, like I'm just gushing over this lately because I'm so excited about it. But yeah, it's just AngelaMasterGiacomo.com slash thrive. Um, Or you can feel free to email me directly uh, which is just hello at AngelaMasterGiacomo.com uh, if you want to learn more about it. And we can talk about it. That's great. And you you brought in a lot of cool experts that are part of the project as well, including one of my favorite minds in the music industry, Rick Barker, who, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, listeners, Rick Barker was Taylor Swift's manager for many years. Uh, that is got to be a very stressful job. And so now he, what he, what, I, I guess what his job description now is I just kind of imagine Rick Barker as this guy who sits like this Oracle who sits on the top of a very tall mountain and all of us music industry types just go and visit him periodically when we need advice from the sage. I can tell you when, you know, I've had a lot of country music clients and pop clients in my legal practice and they'll, they'll say, I need help with something. I have a question about my career. Rick is the first person I'll email. I'll be like, go talk to the Oracle. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll still give you the advice you need. And uh, so I'm, I'm really stoked that you have him for this initiative. I think he's going to be a, a great addition to it. Yeah, I love Rick. I mean, that's exactly, that's such a good description. <laughs> that's exactly what he's been to me too. You know, he's always been such a great mentor that I can go to him and just be like, you know, I'm stuck on the, I mean, even like he even like with Thrive, like I, before I knew what that was, like I remember just brainstorming with him being like, you know, I think I kind of want to do this thing. 
and we just had this giant brainstorm session. Um, so yeah, he's he's amazing. And we also have uh, like Mike Zemer of So What Music Festival and Third String Productions and Brie Noble. Um, we have Jeremy Weiss of Launch Music Conference and Festival. And we also have, we're, I'm really excited about this one. Um, one of my previous Muddy Paw PR clients nominee, they just signed to Smart Punk Records. So we're also having them come in and they're gonna talk about how they went from being DIY to signed in five years. So that's gonna be amazing. It's just, it's there's so many great people in there and like having, being able to talk to them and also just to build that relationship for life to the point where you can go to that person after and be like, hey, remember me? Like we met inside Thrive and you, like it's instant relationship. I mean, that's so, and you know like you and I have talked about like relationships are everything so being able to have that I feel like it's so it's one of the things I'm most excited about with this community um, because I know that's a sore spot for musicians is trying to figure out how to build those relationships and I feel like this really cuts through the awkwardness of it for sure listeners you can find out more about our guest work by visiting muddypawpr.com and check out more about thrive by visiting angela mastrogiacomo.com slash thrive angela it is always a pleasure to speak with you before we let you go this week one last question do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward i think my number one tip would be don't do it alone you've got to ask for help you know whether no matter what it is, whether it's talking to a friend, finding a mentor, um, you know, just talking with other bands in your scene, this industry can feel really lonely and isolated if you let it. But the second you start to let people in and ask for help and, and be a part of that, it's it takes off. It completely changes the game. So don't be afraid to to ask for help. Without a doubt. And uh, sometimes when you, you build the right platform, that help can be really easy for you to access. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.